When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast as uh, Ken breaks down the wires and cords from the last conference. Unsung hero right there. Unsung hero. Uh, our studio usually, can we call this our podcast studio now? Sure. You think Brandon Meyer will put like a sign outside for us when we're Quiet, on the air? Quiet, please, podcast On the air. Yeah. A little old school today. We're joking about it. Old school podcasting doesn't really exist, does it? I mean, yeah, I, it does. This shows you how lazy I am. I, I just want to lay out how lazy I there, There's two things that I regret that I am. Number one, uh, very addicted to Twitter, which we'll get into. And number two, I sat, uh, I, I went to the press box to grab something that I left on Saturday night. And when I did, I sat up there and I watched the Lincoln Riley press conference. And then I came down the elevator to sit here to wait for you when you and yeah. Chad wrapped up your show. And I have two headsets that are in my car. That's legitimately parked right where yours is. Okay. And I didn't want to get out and go walk walk, walk to get them. <laughs> well, you'd so, been doing a lot of walking. So. <laughs> so I found that headset sitting over there somewhere, and I'm on a uh, on a stick mic. Um, interesting. Interesting press conference. I got, I've got to give Kerry Murdoch credit. Trying to get to the bottom of the eyeball emoji, uh-huh. which seemed to be a big topic today. But... Uh, Boy, I, I guess the injuries is where we'll start, and it's, again, good news. I, I know you miss a guy like Neville Gallimore, but Marquez Overton has been playing much better. You've seen the development of Devontae Lampkin. I know Gallimore is a little bit more versatile, but, you know, in what Amani Bledsoe has provided, and you've seen some improvement throughout the season for D.J. Ward, yeah, you want Gallimore there on Saturday. You want Matt Romar back. 
But it's kind of nice whenever we're in November and we're talking basically about two guys on the injury report. And it's a position at least where they have some depth. True. So that helps. Romar and Gallimore are starters. So I would like them to come back. And and I hope that one or both of them can play Saturday. But uh, it is at a position where you have developed some depth there. And um, I think you feel pretty good about uh, those guys you just mentioned as backups. But, you know, playmakers like CeeDee Lamb, Abdul Adams, Baker Mayfield, yep. guys who have been either banged up and out or just plain banged up, um, feels like and sounds like they're back to close to 100%. CD certainly looked like it on Saturday. Uh, Abdul looked explosive to me. I think he averaged 10 yards a carry again. And, um, you know, Baker had some hanky throws. Yep. Uh, but I don't know if that was injury-related at all. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Go ahead, Trenton. I'm sorry. What's going on? Trenton's stealing his uh, silver case. Oh, okay. I apologize. All right, go ahead. Um, I don't know if that was shoulder-related. They say it's not. It sounds like it. they don't feel like it was. So, uh, And he's practicing again all the time and everything. So uh, that's good. I mean, this time of year, that's about as good as you can hope for on the injury front. All across the country, people are, you know, hurt and out or at least nicked up a little bit. And so I think they're in a decent spot. You know, it was um, it was interesting because you've always challenged me not to let my uh, emotions – and perspective be skewed too much by Twitter. Uh-huh. I got sucked in this weekend. I got to be honest with you. I don't know yeah. how, uh, but I was up. Probably maybe, by looking at Twitter. That might be the best answer. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best answer you've ever given. Uh, but uh-huh. uh, I, 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 t- two things that stood out to me. Number one, you mentioned Abdul Adams. I don't think we have to force a third guy in the mix just to make him happy. I think when you get Rodney Anderson doing what he – let's go back three weeks ago. We're having this conversation on the podcast, and it was real clear that we thought if Rodney Anderson was going to get an opportunity, he would have to do something pretty amazing in a game. And guess what? He did. And so you're looking at a guy that I think is a great combination of power, uh, speed, ability to catch out of the backfield. It's – we're going to have games where you might, on a Sunday morning, wake up and go, man, why didn't Rodney get more carries? What a great problem to have right now for this backfield. And they're rolling, I think. I will admit that the way that they've used the running backs this year is different. It is uh, out of the ordinary. Uh, you told me that there was some concern out there about Trey Sermon. I didn't even know that coming out of Saturday because he didn't carry the ball very much. Um, but there's four guys. I mean, I think Marcellius Sutton, every time Marcellius Sutton uh, touches, Teddy Lehman's calling me. Should I answer it? Sure, why not? Answer it on the, on the answer podcast? Answer it on the podcast. See okay. what Teddy wants in the middle of Toby. Teddy, you are, uh, uh, we're recording a podcast right now, and your phone call is on it. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, they can't hear you. They can only hear me talking to you, so. In the process of getting, do you a want me plug, to call you back, or do you have something you want to add long. to our podcast right now? <laughs> Nothing to add. Call him back is what he asks. Okay, is this is this urgent? Do you need me to pause the podcast? We can pause the podcast. Not urgent. Okay, I'll call you back here in about twenty minutes. All right. See you, Theodore. Now, now I want to know what Teddy wants. Should uh, we should we add the extra plug and just pipe him into the podcast? 
for this too? Nah. I think I know what it is, and I don't think it's podcast worthy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do Usually, with OU football. Usually, the, the funny thing is Ted – okay, let's go. Ted's probably a guy that more often than not would call you to talk football, honestly, even yeah. though there's nothing we can tell him that he doesn't already know from an X and O perspective. But he loves to talk scenarios. He's probably updating us on the wagon and horse situation. He, boy, did he not kill that you guys as far as the coverage? Yeah. I happened to be on the wrong side of the field whenever that happened. Well, so. You saw it from the other's perspective, right. though. I mean, we had, had completely team coverage on the team, wagon situation. It's like Seth Russell's injury last year. Ted was on one side. I was on the other side. We had it covered what for you. What are you talking about? But uh, Ted, Ted will be more likely to call you as far as injuries are concerned, or excuse me, as far as football is concerned than anyone. We were talking about the use of the running backs oh, yeah. and how, for Trace from her. your perspective, it's uh, it's been unique it's been, to see the it's way it's been used. different. It's yeah. been unique. Uh, I get, you know, um, I work with a guy every morning, T.J. Perry. He, he wants one back. He wants Adrian Peterson every year <laughs> and give it to one guy and let him work a rhythm. And um, so I get it's different than we've normally seen. That being said, it's a little bit hard for me to find much to criticize this offense about at all. They are running the ball magnificently, especially late in games. All of them. Trey Sermon, uh, Abdul Adams, Rodney Anderson the last two weeks has been off the charts. And even Marcellius, when he gets in the game, runs hard and, and makes yards. Dimitri Flowers, 90% of the time, is picking up that short yardage play. Absolutely. They are – Baker Mayfield is has the highest completion percentage in the in the country, at least he did before Saturday night. Right. Um, they've got playmakers at tight end, at wide receiver. They've got over 600 yards five times this year. Wow. Over 600. It used to be 500 was the measuring stick by a great night. They've gone over 605 times. So it's a little hard for me to sit back and go, what could I nitpick about how they're doing things on offense right now? I think if you've got, you know, on defense, obviously, there's concerns, valid concerns. Uh, but on offense, it's hard to find. I do think that a byproduct of them kind of having a rotating door, revolving door at the running back position is – you're more likely going to have healthy bodies here late in the season. Like, you know, Abdul got a little nicked up, and they were able to be fine with him being out of the lineup for two or three weeks. Trey Sermon, there's not a lot of tread on those tires late in the season here. He's fresh and raring to go against Oklahoma State, TCU, and West Virginia if you want him. Rodney Anderson didn't play much early on, so he's fresh and relatively ready to, you know, fresh and ready to go here late. Same with Marcellius. So the beauty of spreading it is you keep everybody healthy longer. Now, I have nothing against the Adrian Peterson philosophy. If you've got one of those guys, and maybe Trey Sermon's going to be one of those guys, and you want to feed him 30 times a game and he's a monster and he's that good, Saquon Barkley or whatever, awesome. But if you've got four really good players, I don't see any problem with spreading the wealth, keeping everybody healthy, playing the hot hand, if you will. And Rodney Anderson has been awesome the Phenomenal. last two weeks. So, fun. But I don't know if it's going to be Rodney this week. That's the right. thing. I, I don't think Oklahoma State knows. Quite honestly, I don't think Lincoln Riley knows. Or Jay Bolware. 
until maybe Friday. They say, all right, what, who's who's got the better practice going this week? Let's get him out there first. And then it really is an in-game field decision as to who's our best back tonight. And it changes from game to game, and it changes from period to period sometimes. Sooner Sports Podcast is presented in part by the Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort is the place to be, and Allstate. I, I always forget to give our read, sorry. <laughs> That's just on me. It's in the open and the close, but I want to make sure I've been Perfect. I've been over-podcasting, I guess, maybe, too, over the last couple of weeks. Who are our sponsors again? Riverwind Resort, the place to be, and Allstate. Allstate, okay. The, uh, the all, by the way, the Allstate, we... Gave it out twice. Good hands. Catch, well, right? Yeah, gave it out twice. Uh, speaking of that, boy, Sidarian Lamb, what a what a day for CD. I was glad we had a chance to talk to him in the post game. I kind of dig being able to talk to two guys at the same time. Is that the first time you've That's got the to the first talk time. to CD? Yeah, first time I got a chance to talk to CD. And, you know, we, we had a chance to talk to Rodney after Kansas State, but it was in – I hate to use the term sterile, but it was in an environment where there was a couple of other people around and he did a lot of other interviews. So we had a chance to talk to him first and it was mm-hmm. great. And I thought Teddy crushed it talking about the jumping out of the pool yeah. uh, video that went viral. But How incredible was that, by the way? Unreal, man. Uh, I don't even want to try it to see how embarrassing <laughs> No, no, uh, no. Even if there's no water in the pool. Right. Just to try to do it without water? Right. Oh no. my gosh. But. You can sense – I was really hoping we'd get a chance to talk to Baker today because I had a couple of questions for him about CD. But you can sense that comfort there. He knows when he throws it up, that cat's going to go up and make plays for him. And that's that, That's incredibly reassuring for any quarterback. And, and again, we, we said this a lot about CD, but this is a guy that the preseason hype has been met so far. Injury yep. hurt him against Iowa State. Right. And then the ejection against Tulane. Without that, I don't even want to think about where his number is. Where that was, that was impressive on Saturday night. Here's the thing about CD is uh, he's got speed. He's got size. How, how tall is he? What's he listed at? Well, let's pull it up. I've got the roster. Six two, maybe. Right here. Oh, I mean, he, he's not. He's not one of these Alan Lazard who's six five or Hakeem Butler six six, but he's decent size. I want to say six two. All right, you say six two. The official. Six one one seventy three. Okay. All right, we're in the neighborhood. Yep. Uh, so it's okay size, but he is the best I've seen in a long time at high pointing a football. He can he can really jump, and if Baker sees that he's got man coverage, then all he really has to do is put it in the general area. Yep. Because CD is going to out jump the defender and get the ball at its highest point. He's not going to let it come to his body. Or most of the time, or you know, let a guy jump in front of whatever. He's an incredible leaping catcher. How many catches have you seen him make this year that he is three feet off the ground when he makes the grab? Exactly. The touchdown was a good example of that. So um, I think it's a pretty simple call for Bake. I think when he looks over the coverage and he adds up that CeeDee Lamb's got uh, man coverage, wing it. And let the kid go do what he does. And uh, there was a question in the press conference today about is he gonna is he have the potential of being kind of the next in the Sterling Shepard and Ryan Broyles and Kenny Stills and on and on uh, Mark Clayton. And yet the answer is yes. The answer is he is. He is the next one. Maybe there's more, but he's the next one in this crop. He's gonna break the all-time freshman record. He's going to – for touchdowns, he's going to break the all-time freshman record for yards. Uh, he's a superstar. Marquise Brown's going to be pretty good. 
I think Charleston Rambo, who yeah. looks the part, man. You, you he's talk getting about, all scout team run this year. Yeah. He's going to be fun. You watch him on the sidelines, and you can't help but why he, he wears 11 on the sidelines, so automatically you're like, ooh. You know, yeah. That's a pretty significant number. number. And by the way, I was going to add that. To see Didi, to see Sterling, Joe's been back a lot. I mean, it. Uh, you you see the Trent Williams who who comes back every opportunity he gets. I I know this was a you big saw Tommy this week. Tommy he, this year. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy Harris. Harris. He was on the sidelines down in Dallas for the OU Texas game, looking like a looking like a six one one ninety three yeah. wide receiver. Man, dude looks great. But I, I don't know. May, maybe this is the Homer side of me. But I love when you see those guys coming back. And then when you are addicted to Twitter like I am, you see them interacting with players that are on campus making their visits. I mean, that means a lot. Now, I think that registers not just with the fan base but also with potential players. And then to help out those guys that are here now, we're counting on a lot of young guys. I know this seems crazy to people because they expect you just to bounce back, but there's a true freshman at Mike. There's a sophomore at the outside linebacker position. Uh, there's what Parnell Motley is seeing his first – true playing time in his career you know you have guys running the football that haven't run the football in their career true freshman at receiver it's good to have those guys to lean on when they come in town I think I think it is something that's not talked about enough in all college sports and um, I was reminded of it the other day I thought it was great uh, to see some of the OU baseball greats who have gone on were retweeting some baseball news maybe it's about the halloween game or the red white world scrimmage in the fall whatever it was but the garrett richards right and the chase anderson and on and on and on there there is a cynical uh attitude that prevails i think in sports media that college is simply a stepping stone to the pros and all these college kids all they want to do is is get to the pros and College is just a, a a means to the end, doesn't I mean? And, and if, in a lot of cases of college, would just get out of the way and let these kids get to the pros. <laughs> Who needs college? <laughs> and that is so cynically out of touch with the reality that is collegiate athletics that it makes me angry sometimes. Because you know you're 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 embedded with the OU softball team, yes, and you know what a family that is. Mm-hmm. And same with with me you with and some baseball of these baseball and basketball, and basketball yeah. and to some extent we are with football a little more distance, but to some extent. Um, and you and, and when you see these guys come back and how proud they are of their days as an Oklahoma Sooner and Gerald McCoy on uh, what's the HBO series the uh, Hard Knocks where he's playing Boomer Sooner while he works out. I mean, it means something to these guys, you know, and gals, that they got to be an Oklahoma Sooner. Maybe they went on to play in the pros. Maybe they went on to become an insurance agent or sell air conditioners or whatever the case may be. But they are proud when they get to come back and be among their brethren, past, present, if they could help recruit, whatever the case may be. It's a deep-seated part of them forever. It's their identity forever that they were in Oklahoma sooner. And uh, and that's cool. Back to your point. I mean, that's cool that they come back. They're on the sidelines. They're welcome back. They're a part of this family. It's not just about the guys who are here now. It's about the guys who have forever represented OU football 
and the guys who will in the future. It's a it's a family, man, and and uh, I don't think everybody understands that. I think it's easy for the media to sit in an ivory tower in Bristol, Connecticut, or New York City, or Miami, or wherever they are, and criticize collegiate athletics. When the reality of, of it is, if they could see it on a day-in, day-out basis, they would fall in love with it like we do. It is a it is an unbelievable thing that America has that nobody else in the world does. And I also think that I realize a lot of people that cover this sport have absolutely no clue what they're talking about. Maybe this is part of my addiction to uh, to Twitter. That, that includes us. By the way. Right, yeah. exactly. But to wrap up today, at least before we get to Lincoln Riley, one thing you'll hear in his press conference today, which is, uh, I guess you could say, a regular part of the game plan, is he kind of, I don't want to say takes a shot, but he stands up for his guys. He stands up for his team. And I was just perusing here over the uh, the AP votes. And every single voter has Alabama 1 or Georgia 2. There's, there's one voter that has Wisconsin 2. Uh, there's a couple of voters that has that have Georgia one and Alabama two, but there are only eight voters that have, that have Oklahoma number three, and I mean it, it. It seems like the unanimous choice at number three is Ohio State, and whenever Lincoln was asked about, you know, having Ohio State raked ahead of Oklahoma, he said, "Well, if if they have that, then we have a broken system." I know as this drops tonight, we'll have the first playoff rankings, but Toby. Do we do we have a broken system right now, or are we putting too much into rankings in early November? Because I'm with you. Oklahoma wins out, takes care of business. We're heading to Pasadena, right? Um, or or the Sugar Bowl. Or the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I see your math there. Um, yeah, I, I am. I am of the opinion that I couldn't care less what an AP or a coach's poll says. I agree. I'm trying to agree. Maybe uh, I should rephrase that. <laughs> in, <laughs> past, in past years, when that mattered more, when that was a part of the BCS formula, then maybe it was worth getting mo- a little more riled up about than now when it is entirely in the hands of a committee that is going to use those polls as one of about 100 ma- metrics that goes into deciding who's playing in this thing. Now, when when the first rankings come out, um, I think it's Tuesday night. Tuesday night. You're right. Tonight. So this drops on – we tape on Monday. This drops on Tuesday, so later tonight. Yeah. It'll come out, honestly, about 30 minutes before the Lincoln Riley show, which will be fascinating. Radio show at Rudy's. (laughs) Um, Then then you've got something to talk about because then you kind of got your first look at what's the committee thinking. Um, But even then, if you look at the first committee rankings these last four years – versus who actually played in the playoff cluster. It's really not even worth getting too fired up about this. A&M was number 4 last year, finished the year unranked. Wasn't it like Mississippi State number 1? First year, first Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and I think A&M, three of the four teams from the SEC yeah. and and none of them ended the season even close. I'm going to uh put you at ease. I hope I'm going to put Sooner Nation <laughs> at ease. Um Lincoln Riley, anybody listening right now, I'm going to put you all at ease. <laughs> If Oklahoma wins the rest of their games, there is a 100% chance they're in the college football playoff. I'm with you. The math may not support that opinion. But if OU is a one-loss conference champion, 
who has won a conference championship game, who has beaten Ohio State in Columbus, and who has Baker Mayfield as their quarterback, there is no chance they are not going to the playoff. I don't care what the AP rankings or the coaches poll or the committee's first rankings or some alien on Mars says. You cannot <laughs> convince me otherwise. So sleep easy tonight. Thanks, Toby. See you, Chris. Appreciate it. Lincoln Riley press conference right now. Baker's got three touchdowns tonight. He's going to put it in the air here. Throws across the middle. It is caught. C.D. Lamb flag flies. This might be targeting. It's a touchdown. He hung on to that football. Let's see if he's conscious. Great weekend here uh, this past weekend, just just all the way around from, uh, you know, I think our prep throughout the week to obviously, you know, playing well, um, getting a big, big win here against Texas Tech. Uh, again, want to say thank you to our, our fan base. I thought they really, really responded in a big way. It was a great atmosphere. You know, our, our players noticed it. You know, they were, they were talking about it. Um, it was something that was very special to them. Uh, our, our recruits noticed it. It was just uh, the whole country noticed it. You know, when you're playing 7, 7 p.m. primetime, it's, it's important. And uh, so great atmosphere. I want to say thank you to our fans. Um, and, and very, very happy and excited about the win. Obviously, a big one this week. You know, with with Bedlam um, going to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State, uh, one of the best football teams in the country right now. And and honestly, probably to me, you know, having seen them the last few years, probably the they're probably the, as well rounded as they've been. I think since I've been here, um, you know, they're explosive on offense like they've been the last several years. They're playing obviously at a high level there. You know, Mason's had a great great senior year. Um, you know, Washington, Aitman, all those guys, obviously Justice. I mean, they're, they're, they're moving the ball, throwing it well, running it well, just really playing at a high level and obviously present a lot of different problems there uh, for anybody. Um, and defensively, they're really, really playing well. Um, probably as good as they've played coming into this game that, that I can remember. Um, and you just, you know, I, I chalk it up. I think you see a lot of guys that we've been playing against there for, for many years on that defense. Um, They've got good experience. You know, they're doing a nice job against the run. I think they're playing really well in the secondary. You know, the Richards kids, several of them are playing very, very well. Trey Flowers, um, some of those guys that seem like they've been there for a long, long time and been doing it at a high level for a long time. So that, that shows up. And um, But I, I think they're definitely one of the most, if not the most complete team that we've played up to this point. Um, just a really, really fantastic football team. Should should be a great game. You know, it's uh, I know it's an important game to this state, to this this conference race right now. Uh, an important game on the national scene, um, and you know that's that's how Bedlam should be. It's one of the great rivalries in, in college football, and uh, one that we're very much looking forward to uh, going down there and playing. What's your injuries, and what's with Gallimore? Yeah, Gallimore wasn't ready. We thought he might be last week, but wasn't ready. Uh, he's going to have to progress some this week. He's still questionable, um, and I don't think we had anything new from the game. As a former quarterback and as an offensive guy, when you look at Mason Rudolph, what jumps out at you about him? Yeah, he's he's really gotten better, you know, throughout the years. I, his decision making, you know, is really really good. He's always thrown a great deep ball, you know, and had some good deep ball receivers. Um, so they're, they're, again, doing that at a high level. But he just seems more, even more confident and polished, you know, than he has been in the past. Um, making great decisions, but still making a lot of plays, too. And, and he's hurt some people with his feet. You know, he's, uh, you know, certainly the, looking back at the Texas Tech game, you know, he had a lot of big runs in, in that game as well. So 
I mean, he's uh, he's played a lot of ball, and it shows. He's playing at a very high level. When you're on your umbrella, and when you started the game in that, now that you've looked at it, what went wrong in that defense? Oh, we we got out of uh, we had some misalignments on it. Uh, came out of gaps a few times. A couple times we were there, just didn't make tackles. So uh, it wasn't just as simple as well. You just you just change the front, and that was the problem. And if we get in that front, it's going to happen again. It's it's just one of those things that we've got to do it a little bit better. We did play it some after that, and, and did just fine with it with some of the adjustments in that. So, uh, yeah, we just got to play it a little bit better. And you know, like I said, Tech did a good job attacking us, especially on that first drive with it. Lincoln, as this is a, a, a matchup or a, a battle of two of two elite quarterbacks in college football, as you evaluate quarterbacks, as you look at quarterbacks, or as you see them out here on the practice field. And try to get them, develop them. You know, what characteristics, what traits really go into co- good quarterback play for you? Oh, um, there's a lot. You know, you kind of got the, you got the physical side, which is pretty easy to evaluate. You know, the you know accuracy, uh, you know, the ability to move in the pocket and and have quick feet and escape things. I think are are two of the most important to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, I think the intangibles though are the they're the hardest to measure, and they're probably the most important at that position. You know, the competitiveness, how you know how how smart they are, football smart, being able to make adjustments. Um, I think toughness is a is such a, a huge a huge factor at that position because that that position it doesn't matter what kind of offense you're on, where you're at. That position impacts the entire team more than any other you know single position, and so the team is going to. Draw what they can from that from that guy, and so your guys got to bring something to the table more than just playing the position well. If you're to me, if you're going to be a great team, and uh, so yeah, you've got two guys here in this matchup that that have certainly done that and uh, have done it for a long time. We'll see where Ohio State is ranked when on Tuesday night, but they're ranked number three now, and I think the general consensus, at least what we hear nationally is that they would beat you by 20 if you played now and that that game early in the year really uh, was less significant maybe than the one here last year. Your thoughts on, on that thinking? Well, if they think like that, we got a broken system and we need to get new people making decisions, uh, if that is how they think. And, and I think, too, a lot of this is going to play out. You know, we, there's a lot of ball left to be played, everybody in the country. Uh, we've got... We've got, I think, the, the toughest and the best conference top to bottom right now in the country. There's been a lot of big games coming up, so I think those things will take care of themselves. But we, we like the body of work that we've put out there, and, and, uh, but that's, right now that doesn't matter. You know, none of that. It's, we're four or five weeks out from all that stuff. We've we got we to stay focused on us and get ready to play a great Oklahoma State team. If we take care of business, then I don't think we'll be having that discussion. Robbie Anderson has had two really good games in a row. How much it for uh, of it for him has just been getting kind of back into the flow of things? Yeah, I, I would say quite a bit of it has. Um, just getting opportunities, um, confidence. It just kind of all goes together, you know. And it's he's on a he's on a nice run now. He's in a he's he's really in sync with our offensive line right now. He's running hard, running confident. Um, yeah, so he's he's playing like the back that we've always felt like he could be. You have three backs that can really produce, or really have produced. How do you keep them happy, and how do they stay patient with their? You know, maybe it's not their game to play, get a lot of carries, kind of like Trey on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, no, it's uh, at times can be a challenge. Luckily, we've been able to have guys here that are pretty unselfish. Um, you know, they kind of got to all watch that with with you know kind of how Joe and Samaje handled the last several years, and uh, and they they understand it. You know, if if a guy's really outstanding and is outplaying the other people. I mean, he's going to be the one that's going to be in there, 
And uh, so it's still it's going to come down to performance, and they, and they understand that. We've got a competitive room. But they've all gotten the opportunities at different times, and they've, they've seen that, you know, there's no favorites, there's no this or that. It's going to be purely based on, you know, what we think uh, or who we think is, gives us the best chance to move the ball and win. And so I think when you're, when you're up front and fair about that and you've got good, unselfish players like we do in that room, um, that it doesn't become an issue. You had good success with the two back, two tailback formation. When you went to it in the last couple of years, we thought, well, just trying to get two great players on the field. But it's obvious that it's a, it's a formation that works for you. What does that do to defenses when you get two of your tailbacks back there with you? Yeah, it creates a little more balance. You know, it, it it there's a little bit more run game that you can use because you got the opportunity to to go with it both ways. I think it keeps people from maybe keying in on what you're doing um, and, and makes them have to be a little bit more vanilla or even guess a little bit more. So, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a good step for us. Our, and it's been fun with it this year because we've had multiple guys that we've been able to do it with. You mentioned Rodney Gibbons' seat with the offensive line. You guys kind of separated from everybody in the Big 12 late in the year because of your ability to run the ball in 15 and 16. Do you feel that kind of clicking back in as you get to this late run? Yeah, I think we're... I think we're on the right track there. You know, we're we're playing well up front. We got a we got a good group there. They're, uh, yeah, I think the backs are in sync with them. Yeah, we've ran the ball pretty well most of the year, but yeah, we're we're definitely we've we've taken some big strides here the last few weeks against some teams that have been doing a pretty good job stopping the run. So, uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think we're you know in position and but now. Yeah, we got to go do it, though. You know, we know we've got some tough tests coming up. What's your thoughts about your secondary right now going into this game? I feel good. I feel good about them. Uh, you know, it's we got an, an experienced group. They've played a lot of ball together now. They've, a lot of those guys have played in big games like this. Um, you know, we're, we've been making some plays. I think we've been tackling much better. Uh, the thing we got to do is we've got to quit having those one or two plays where you know a game where we you know come out of coverage or get too aggressive and. Uh, and give teams easy touchdowns. So I, I think our consistency will be very big in this game, especially against a group that executes as well as Oklahoma State does. Lincoln, you had CD and Rodney honored this week by the Big 12. And again, every week there's new guys emerging. How much does it help you as you put together the game plan every week? You've got so many guys you can go with and so many options you can work with. No, it's been good. It's, uh, you know, that's why we recruit hard, you know, to try to give ourselves those options and have guys if, if people get nicked up or go down. And so uh, it's, it's, been a, it's, been, it's been fun to see the different ones step up. There's no doubt. And it's, it's been very competitive. You know, I think we said that the first year. I thought that skill group, maybe you lost some of the big names and a lot of the production, but I thought we had a chance to be as deep as we've been. And that's, I think that's come to fruition so far. I'm pleased where you were taking that time off the last drive of the game, driving it down there and taking the time off the clock and finishing it. <laughs> yeah, really, really pleased. That's something we've we've been able to do here for the last few years and uh, was really disappointed when we didn't do it at at, uh, at Texas. And uh, that's one of the first times we haven't been able to do it or did not do it. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know what it was, 10 or 11 minutes there at the end that we ran off. And I was, I was probably – the thing I was probably most pleased about was we, you know, we had the penalty and got back to what I think it was like second twenty-two, and still able to get the first down to end it. So that was that was a, a good moment for us. Caleb made that great play to get that pick. Is Caleb starting to play at a level that you guys kind of expected him? To play? Yeah, he's playing better. He's had a, a couple game stretch here where he certainly you know played better. Um, yeah, starting to make more big plays. You know, which he's certainly capable of. So yeah, he's 
you know, for us to be as good as we want to be, I mean, he's one of those guys that needs to be a difference maker for us, and he's starting to do that a little bit more and more each week. Baker's been exceptionally good late in the season, the last two years. What is it about him, aside from talent, that allows him to keep coming through late in the season and big games, games on the line, championships on the line? No, nah, I just I think he embraces the moment. You know, he 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 knows how to approach them. He's been in a lot of them. Uh, he. He's not afraid of the challenge or the moment, but also understands that it's, you know, you just got to go play good quality ball. And he's been able to continue to improve despite whatever success that he or the team has had up to that point. He's been able to continue to improve throughout the season along with the rest of our guys. And uh, so I think that's why you've seen it. You've had good success uh, defensively scheming people, but OSU, OSU in the past, do you have any idea what they're going to do Saturday? The last two games, they've ran the ball 50 times, and they've been throwing it all over. The last two games, they run the tailback yep. almost 50 times. Do you have any clue what they might do? Well, that's that's why they're good is is they can do both, you know, and so they can they can make you pay either way. And so you've you know it's you know as as far as a game plan, you know they're doing what we try to do, you know, on our offense, you know, try to try to make people guess and try to have answers for whatever people are doing to us, and they they certainly do a great job of it over there. So they. They challenge you in every aspect of it. I mean, they're good enough that if you just sit back that they can run it right at you, and they're good enough that if you start crowding that box, they've obviously got some guys on the perimeter that can win one-on-one and have done it at a high level. So, you know, I think it, it really it really puts a focus on your defensive line, you know, and being able to, to, you know, control the line of scrimmage, to win the line of scrimmage. I think that's going to be pretty important for both teams. How good is OSU's? Defensive front, and is is that a primary reason that uh, it appears they've taken another step up? Yeah, yeah, I think they're they're it's probably the best one that that I've seen in the three years I've been here. Uh, they're you know they looks like they've got a lot of depth, you know maybe a little bit more depth and quality depth than they've had. Um, they've really done a nice job against the run. They're still getting pressure on the quarterback. I, I think they're. You know, did they have one player that was outstanding as the kid a couple of years ago? I, they got some young guys that may may end up being there. Uh, he was a really really good player, um, but across the board, I don't know that there's as much up and down. I would say they're 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 all pretty darn good across the board. You talked about the importance of the defensive line in this game. DJ Ward has has made some big plays, especially in the third quarter the other day. Yep. How important is he in this game and? How much has he progressed? He's very important. You know, just having that guy making plays opposite Oboe, you know, is is, is critical. Oboe gets a lot of attention. And uh, if you've got another guy that can win one-on-one, it's – I mean, playing one great pass rusher and one disruptive guy like Oboe, I mean, by himself is, is a pain. Uh, but when you start adding other guys making plays into the mix, that's where it gets really, really tough. So it's it's important. We know those guys are going to get some one-on-one matchups, whether it be in the run or the throw game. And, and – uh, us winning those and us being able to, to, to win at the line of scrimmage will be critical. Lane Kevin talked a lot about players and their first bedlam. What do you remember about your first bedlam a couple of years ago? Yeah, well, it was a great night. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was a beautiful night for football and yeah, we got on we got on a little bit of a run and, and played really well and it was a fun place to play, you know, really good road atmosphere. Um, you know, against a good football team, but yeah, we were we were just we were pretty hot at that point, you know, and so it was, uh, yeah. I mean, our first Big Twelve or my first Big Twelve championship, um, first one back here. It was a it was a very special night because winning that we knew obviously Big Twelve, and then we knew we were in the playoff as well. What's your thoughts about your special teams this year? Oh, in general, I mean, 
I, I think Austin Seibert's been awesome. I mean, I, I just, man, he's, I don't know there's a more valuable specialist to anybody in the country than how valuable he is to us. I mean, all that he does and does at a high level, he's, he's been tremendous. Um, uh, you know, I think the other groups we've been, we've been a little spotty. You know, we've had some really good moments on kick return, some big returns that have really helped us, like Jeff Bedette's to start the Baylor game. Um, uh, and at other times, we haven't been as productive as we want to be. I think some of our depth is a, has, has, and some of the injury situations, especially in the middle of the season, trickled down. Special teams is always a thing it hits first. And uh, so I think that's impacted it. Uh, like I said, punt team, we've been pretty good. Kickoff with him getting all of them out of bounds. Our touchbacks have been great. We've got to do a little bit better job covering. I thought we did a better job of that the other night. Um, punt return, I hadn't had a ton of opportunities, which that's, you know, that's uh, as far as you know having to fair catch most of these balls. So it's it's been it's been decent. Of course, we're pushing to get better, but been I think the the, the Austin Cyber and then the play of Trey Brown on special teams that have been just two kind of consistent highlights throughout the year. As you've moved through this for the first time, I'm curious what you've learned is the most important thing you can do for for your program as a head coach. What's what 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 do you have to do, especially in a week like this? So much attention. What what can you do to help help the cause, for lack of a better way to phrase it? Oh man, I mean, there's. I don't know that I could put it to one thing. You know, this job, it, it doesn't. It's not that simple. You know, it's. Uh, I've just I've got to do my part. You know, whether it's whether it's you know offensively helping us get together a good plan and prepare them, whether it's the. You know, trying to get the the mentality and the psyche of the team just right going into this game. Um, you know, kind of helping set the direction of, of the way we want to approach it with with our coaches and our leaders, and then letting those guys take it from there. Uh, you know, you know the schedule for the week, especially as you get later on in the season, and we've played a lot of tough competitive games here in a row. Um, there's a lot you got to you got to do it all well. You know, that's that's what I get paid for. Are you handling all of that better now than you did say back in early September? Or is there a part of it that's gotten a little more comfortable for you that maybe it wasn't at first? Yeah, I would say it's, I mean, it, it, you, you learn about it. I've gotten more efficient with it, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely learning some ways that I can do it better, um, some things that I can do better. And I, I think just continually trying to find, not that it's something that you ever get, you're always trying to find the, the pulse of the team and trying to find out what, what is best for us right now in this moment. So. Uh, the routine of it, the responsibilities are, yeah, I'm getting more comfortable. Um, I'm getting more kind of in the flow. But I think each team, each year, each game is going to be, it's going to be something new. There's not always a blanket answer for everything. Last thing I'll, I'll follow up with is, is it more pronounced? Do you feel it's more pronounced in a week like this? Well, what do you mean by pronounced? What you're just like, oh, is it more important because of how everyone's going to throw maybe more emphasis on, onto this week than the first so. Uh, maybe a little, but I mean, we've been in a bunch of these big ones already. I mean, people threw a lot of emphasis on Ohio State. Right. People threw a lot of emphasis on Texas, of course, like you do every year. So we've been in these, you know, we we understand the challenge that we're facing. We understand what it, what you got to do to get it done. So that's how we'll approach it. The emphasis at the start of the year was, was to start fast. Is that equally important this Saturday? Well, I mean, you certainly, you know, any time on the road, you know, getting off to a great start is, is always important, but it's not, it's not a must, you know, as we proved a couple of weeks ago at K-State. It's, it's, uh, you've got to, there's going to be some runs 
most likely by both teams in this game. I mean, both teams are pretty darn good. And, and so each teams are going to have their moment. I, I think being resilient, you know, being able to continue to fight and attack, you know, especially when if you get in a, a period where things aren't going your way, that's going to be, to me, when you got two really good teams going against each other, that's, I think that's a key. And that's been something that this team is, uh, I would say, has been a strong suit of this team all year long. Baker's shoulder continuing to progress, and do you anticipate giving him any time off or reps off this week in no, practice? No, no. He took he took every rep last week. Um, he's he's good to go. How do you have hope that Matt Romar plays this year? Yeah, yeah, we do, we do. It's uh, been a couple of weeks where we felt like he's close, and then maybe you know had a couple of those kind of minor setbacks. Um, but yeah, we're still we're still uh, you know hopeful that that happens, and he can get to a point where he can come back out there and help us. I'm sorry to follow up. Um, Mike Gundy said last week that Mason uh, um, Rudolph didn't practice, and you, you know you held Baker out. Were we at that time of the year where that's just a good idea to to give your quarterback a little bit of rest if he's got a bang or something on his shoulder or whatever it is? Well, I, I, I don't think you ever. I don't think it's ever a good idea to hold them out unless you absolutely have to. Now, do you do you limit some things here and there to try to continue to keep them fresh? Um, sure, sure. We make those adjustments, not just for them, but a lot of our guys as we go throughout the year, especially ones that you know can handle it and know that their bodies would benefit from it. But, you know, there's nothing, even for guys like that that have played as much ball as those guys have, there's nothing to replace getting those reps during the week. Lincoln, you talk about with the playoff, like playing itself out, and the one knock on your team right now is the Iowa State loss. What do you make of that team right now, the Cyclones? What do you make of them right now and the prospect of possibly playing them again in December? I mean, I don't know about the prospect of playing them in December. There's a lot to go for, for all these teams. But, uh, I mean, they're a good football team. I mean, I I would say the same thing I said before we played them and after we played them. They're, they're a good football team. You know, they're playing at a high level. They've had some big wins. Uh, you know, coaching staff, their players over there are doing a tremendous job. So, and it's been – it's been uh, a real positive for the league, you know, how well they've played and another, just another really good football team in the Big 12 right now. This Oklahoma State game is traditionally played at the end of the year. Right. Does it matter to you? Would you rather this time of year or at the end? Does it matter? It, yeah, I've been asked that a little bit. It, I mean, we've had plenty of time to know it was coming. I mean, it, and I, maybe I haven't been in Oklahoma enough for it to, to feel that weird to me. It, it really doesn't. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's bedlam. We're going to do it right now, and that's uh, I'm good with it. They want to play it in September. I'm good with it then too. So, and we'll just we'll be ready to play. This is such an important game. You've talked about it for the conference nationwide as well. Would you rather have it as a morning kickoff or an evening kickoff, or just, you know, just for prime time uh, attention, or is three o'clock going to be adequate? Yeah, no, I'd say three o'clock's perfect. You know, you got you got college game day there. I mean, a lot of people are going to be watching. I'm, I'm glad it's not at 11 a.m. I think that's probably fair to say. Do you prefer the conference try to avoid the back-to-back -back, uh, rematch scenario? I think we all think that game was moved, so you don't play Oklahoma State back-to-back. -back. Of course, a lot of things would have to happen, you know, even if they were still at the back end of the schedule. Mm -hmm. But do you think it's a good thing to try to stay away from that possibility? I'll be honest. I really don't have much of an opinion on it. I really don't. I, you know, if it. If it happens that way, those two teams are going to be darn happy that they're playing each other again. So, you know, I'm, I'm good with it either way. Was there, was there, did you ever have an alternative to the eyeball emoji? Was there a thought, okay, maybe it's fire, maybe it's a siren? How did you settle on the, the eyeballs? Uh, I don't know. It just, 
just going with the flow. <laughs> it's, it's working. What criteria have to be met in order for you to send one of those out? I can't tell you that. <laughs> regarding football, huh? uh, regarding football, yeah. is this going to require a, uh, a performance uh, equal to the Ohio State game? It seems like you're going to need to play better than you played virtually any game aside maybe from Ohio State. What's it going to require from your club? Yeah, I, I, again, I just I think comparing those is – I mean, I know that looks good and sounds good and all that. I, I think comparing performances is hard to do just because, again, it's just, it's, you know, that was a long time ago. You know, we're, we're, we're a different team. We're playing a different team. The scenario is totally different. So there's no question it's going to, we're going to have to play well. I mean, uh, we're going to have to play well to beat them. They're going to have to play well to beat us. I mean, it's, it's two really good teams going at it. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that I can compare it, but I know they're a really solid football team, and, and if you don't play well on either side of the ball, they'll expose you quickly. Lincoln just was a major recruiting weekend, though. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean they always end up so well. Did you have a feeling this weekend was going to go that well, or was there anything that surprised you about this weekend? No, it's it was uh, just yeah, just a great weekend top to bottom. You know, our like I said, it started with our, our fans and the, the great atmosphere Saturday night. Um, our recruiting team, you know, Annie Hanson, Drew Hill, all those guys just had a, a tremendous plan for the weekend. It's, it's, it's difficult when you think about getting ready to play a really good football team. You bring in the number of official visitors that we brought in, all the organization, and then on the back end you're getting ready to go play a really good football team too. And so uh, – there's a lot of organization, a lot of effort by a lot of people, but it was, uh, you know, we, had a, we had a great group, a lot of great families. It was just a tremendous weekend for our you, program. Are you doing different things differently than Bob did recruiting wise? Yes. What, what, anything more important? Oh, I would say, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it, and obviously Bob got his, you know, fair share of players here. Um, but yeah, I would say we're, I think we're just continuing to, to, to push the issue there, you know. Uh, our, our staff's been really bought into it. Annie and Annie in particular, Drew, you know, Eric, Cole, all those guys we have on that staff have really kind of helped to, to progress things there and uh, trying to do some things that other people aren't doing and, and, and really grab these guys' attention. Um, uh, the new facility, you know, the investment, you know, that, that, that Joe, our, our university, have made in, in not only our facility but just kind of our recruiting operation right now has made a big difference. So. It's a team effort. It's not something I'm doing. It's something we're doing as a group. And it's, uh, like I said, it's, there's a lot of momentum behind it right now. It's, it's, it's fun to recruit when you have that much momentum. How much uh, of a balance do you worry about between you know, being too flashy and maybe attracting the, the wrong type of kid versus you know, getting kids that do want to come here to, to win? No, it's something we consider. It's something we talk about a lot. You, know, you, you want to have fun with them, and you want, to, you, know, you want to do fun things and cool things that they, that, they, that they enjoy that catch their eye, but you want people that are coming here for the right reasons. So we're, despite all the flash and all that, we're behind the scenes. When we really sit down and talk to these guys, they're, they're real conversations, and, and we're making sure that we're bringing in people that are about OU and doing things the right way. Going back to what Terry asked, though, when you did the emojis yesterday, I mean, Twitter blew up. What's it like on your end when you do that and you just see the response you get from Oklahoma fans? I don't look at the responses. I just tweet it and go on the rest of the day. <laughs> I, I don't have any idea, but I'm I'm sure it got pretty good as we as we kept going there. But yeah, I don't I don't look at it. It seemed like yesterday was a pretty fun day for you. Yeah. Was it hard to go into bed last night? Or no, I was pretty tired. 
yeah, it wasn't very hard. No, it was good. But, I mean, you have a day like that. Yeah, you it, got yeah. Refocus I was, for, for, you know, a big game. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was an exciting day. It was. It was a lot of fun. And then got, got going on, on Oklahoma State after, you know. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great day. It was a, it was a lot of fun. One we'll remember. But we're, we're kind of in the middle of the grind right now. So it's, it's on to the next thing. Got in on the eyeball emoji with his own spin on it. Is that, is that something that's spreading throughout the staff that you get a sense that you started and now everybody's kind of doing their own take on it? Yeah, you, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even, I didn't even see what you're talking about. So, like I said, I don't, I don't spend a ton of time on it. I, I, I type it in and hit tweet and then close it and go to the next thing. You don't follow Ruffin on social media? I follow him, but I don't follow him following. Yeah. <laughs> Lincoln, the uh, OSU receiving core has got a lot of yeah. notoriety. Yeah. <coughs> Historically, from what you've seen in Big 12 football for 15 years, how good are they with some of the best receiving cores you've seen? Now they're really good. I mean, the, I mean, Washington's one of the most, if not, I think he popped a record the other day, maybe the most productive Big 12 receiver ever um, uh, as, as far as he got for, you know, being there his entire career. Um, so I mean his you know his his records there his his history of making plays is big. Obviously I think having the Aitman kid back, I think he was injured in our game last year has been a big help for them. He's he's made a lot of plays. You know McCleskey in the in the slot has been tremendous. Um, it's just a good setup. They've got great skill guys on the edge. You got a quarterback that can deliver, and then they also run the ball well. So I mean it's uh, yeah they're 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 very deep, very talented. They're making a lot of plays. It seems like a really fast tempo, too. Talk about trying to defend that. They get plays off in a hurry. Yeah, they do. No, they do a good job with their tempo. And so, uh, yeah, that's going to be critical, us being able to line up, get our calls in, um, and execute a high level because they certainly try to catch you off guard. How did you play against tempo against Texas Tech? Pretty good. I didn't feel like it affected us much. I think we're – I think it's something we've grown at the last few years and being able to, to practice at on both sides of the ball with each other has been big. Um, but I, I don't – it's it's still a challenge, but I don't feel like it affects us as much as maybe it used to. When you were at Tech, and maybe when you were at East Carolina as well, did you observe the quarterback, um, the productivity at Oklahoma, uh, at Oklahoma State even when you guys maybe the defense was game planning against them? Uh, because over the years they've had different coordinators, different quarterback coaches, and different quarterbacks, and yet the numbers are just huge every year. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's somebody I've always kept up with. Yeah, whether it was being in the league against them or even, you know, when I was at East Carolina, I think I think Dana had just just gotten over there, so kept up certainly more with them there when when Dana got there. Um, yeah, no, I've 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 watched them for years. They they've just they they've been tremendous. Yeah, and, and it's like you said, it's been pretty. It's been a lot like here. You know, the offensive here, the offenses here have been. You know, you know, really good for a long time, and they certainly have too. They've, they've found you know great quarterbacks that have that have, you know, stayed there for multiple years and been really, really good players. It seems like they're always good at receiver. You know, they've done a really job, a really good job evaluating and and developing receivers. Um, and they've obviously, obviously had some quality backs too. So they've had good players. They've always had a good scheme and been very aggressive there. You mentioned the quarterbacks here in the past as well. I mean, whether it was the number one draft pick or a Heisman Trophy winner or, um, you know, a guy moving back from receiver to play play quarterback for a little while and he wins the Big 12. Did you have an appreciation for that as well, for what Bob and those guys were doing here? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's uh, – yeah, they were so consistently good there. I mean, that's that's why there's, you know, 10 Big 12 championship trophies sitting over there. It's a big part of it, uh, along with the great defense as well. So, I mean, it's uh, – yeah, I mean – 
teams that can do it year in and year out. I mean, because everybody may have a flash in the pan here and there where they've got some great players or this or that, but the people that can do it consistently, you, you really got to admire. I know you've got a lot of receivers you can throw the ball to, but how much difference does it make when CD at full strength is one of them? And then can you do that thing, maybe looking at you know past 15 years, can he be a guy similar to Ryan Broyles, Sterling Shepard, Mark Clayton? Yeah, no, it makes a difference. I mean, he's a he's a difference making type player. Uh, he really is. And uh, yeah, having, having him back healthy uh, this last week was was big. And and uh, you know, he's got the the big body to make catches, but you also see he's pretty good after the catch too. You know, and can really make some things happen. So yeah, he's uh, th certainly when he's on the field for us, it's uh, you know we're a little bit different animal. Uh, and then you ask, can he do that? Yeah, yeah, no, his his. His, I mean, his ceiling is high. I mean, if he if he can stay healthy and continue to work hard, then uh, you know there's and then be it at a place like this and with what we do offensively, there's there's nothing he can't accomplish. Good press conference, good stuff from Lincoln Riley. I, I got to give credit to Toby because I I am very guilty of allowing social media to shape my outrage a lot of times, man. And and I try, man. I, I am one of the biggest proponents of. Uh, Say hey, don't don't allow that to happen. Don't let that happen. But then I'm I'm guilty of it. And from those that are questioning where Trey Sermon is, and those that are upset about defense and and, and adjustments, I, maybe I just I, I need to get away. I need to get away. But as always, uh, we appreciate all the social media feedback at OU on the air. That's at OU on the air. If there's ever a topic you want us to broach, we'll do it. Hit us up and spread the word at OU on the air. Also, thank you so much for all the great ratings and reviews. That's uh, Soonersports.tv slash podcast. If you search on iTunes, I, I do this sometimes just because I like to listen on my laptop. You can search on iTunes, search Oklahoma Sooner Podcast, and that'll pop it up. And, of course, I'll always give you a link at OU on the air on Twitter to where you can listen to each individual episode. So, Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to our great sponsors, the Riverwind Resort, Allstate Insurance. We'll be back on Friday morning with another edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast to get you ready for Bedlam. Until then, have a great Bedlam week and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.